ten years ago, my mom was behind bars, and my father was trying his best to save my mom. Ten years later, my father is behind bars. My mom and I are trying our best to save my father. After the birth of my first daughter, police trespassed into the house. The policeman then threatened to jail and tortured me if I did not speak. He even told me, "It would be a shame for your baby to grow up without a mother." Few events in recent Chinese history have had as profound an impact on the country, and few have met with such a powerful campaign, forcing the entire world to ignore or forget. They say, "Well, maybe this is not affecting United States citizens." It definitely is. It definitely is. But today, we could be witnessing the unfolding of the most untold story of human resilience of the 21st century. So the big moral question at that time: Are we going to seize on this opportunity? Are we going to do the right thing? Because if we let it happen to others and we profit by it, we can hardly complain when it happens to us. And I think that the creep happens very, very quickly if you let it, because they want us to be more like them, not them to be more like us. If you were in China in the 1990s, this is what you would see every morning: people, lots of people, young and old, men and women, meditating in parks and public squares. They're practicing Falun Gong. Falun Gong is a Buddhist-based spiritual practice that really involves slow-motion exercises, a little bit like you'd see with Tai Chi, a sitting meditation, like you see in Buddhism. And the studying of Buddhist-based、uh, spiritual principles that are really centered around three core principles: truthfulness, compassion, and forbearance. You're trying to incorporate these principles into your daily life. Be more honest. Be more compassionate. Be more tolerant. A wonderful spiritual practice. An indigenous Chinese movement based on Asian Chinese. Philosophy and principles and practices. It started in the early 90s. One that skyrocketed within China. It really was somewhat of a renaissance in that, after decades of communist rule, where the to stamp out all traditional beliefs, all traditional culture. You know, people who for decades had been told that they have to believe in Marxism, that they have to deny Confucius and Buddhism and all these sort of traditional Chinese things, were opening up the Falun Gong books and going. Wow, I mean, I remember one old Chinese guy when I first started practicing said it was like the good old things of China have come back. It was literally everywhere. I had a friend who actually was studying in, in Tsinghua University, which is kind of like their MIT. On campus, there were at least three practice sites every morning: students, professors doing the exercise, military, academic, farmers, housewives, government, including high-level government officials. So, even after just seven years. Hundred million people were practicing Falun Gong throughout、uh, throughout China. Things were going great until July 20th, 1999, when the launch of an unprecedented campaign of repression forever changed the fate of tens of millions in the course of China's modern history. 
I came here around 2012 uh, for my graduate study and also for the freedom. Actually, when I graduated, I got an offer from a Japanese automobile company. I can go to Japan, but my parents said, no, you go to U.S. You go to U.S. So they know U.S. is the beacon of the freedom, and that's why I'm here. And I think I'm at the right place. I met uh, you a few years ago, and I was very impressed. He's indicative of, of, of some of these uh, immigrants that have come over hardworking, value education, and very loyal, very loyal friends. So, you know, I was devastated when I heard what was going on and I wasn't gonna sit back and take it. Joe's parents are both practitioners of Falun Gong. Actually, my father was in U.S. 2019 December. He is the eldest son in the family and he think it's his responsibility to take care of my grandfather. So he went back to China in 2020. But in the end, my father could not attend my grandfather's funeral. My father was in prison at that time. It's a really a big tragedy to my family. Zhou's father, De Yang Zhou, was sentenced to eight years in a Chinese prison in April 2023 for practicing Falun Gong. This is an innocent gentleman. He's being jailed for eight years for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. It all began in the middle of the night, July 20th, 1999 when China's ruling Communist Party started a nationwide cultural revolution-style campaign to eradicate Falun Gong, a practice they once supported. Officials orchestrated public burnings and the destruction of any Falun Gong-related books and posters, police launching massive arrests nationwide. Like instantly people were being pulled out of their beds from, you know, and across the country being thrown into prison camps and labor camps. That's when my mom was sent to the Brunwater Center. She was simply delivering flyers on the street and she was caught by the police officer. The family member cannot pay my mom a visit. So he was, you know, a solitary confinement for more than 40 days. When Jiang Zemin uh, initiated the persecution in 1999, Police broke into our home and uh, arrested my dad. Later, my mom was also arrested. After being tortured and abused in detention, my father died following his release from the detention center in 2009. Meanwhile, my mom was arrested repeatedly. Uh, since 1999, she has been arrested 11 times and uh, has spent 10 out of the past 24 years in detention just because she practiced Falun Gong. There is different level of persecution in China. You have the prison, you can be sentenced to prison for eight years, and then it's a labor camp. The labor camp was actually abolished several years ago, but it's a very, very common method of persecution like 10 years ago. And then it's brainwashing center. 
So for the brainwash center, the thing with that is you don't need, uh, the place can just send you to brainwash center without the consentment of the court. Basically, the place can do anything. The head of the Chinese Communist Party at the time, Zheng Zemin, announced the plan to wipe out Falun Gong, defame their reputations, bankrupt them financially, and destroy them physically. They'll put you through high-pressure psychological techniques, like chaining you to a chair where there's a TV screen blaring at you 24-7 how, how evil your beliefs are and you are. They'll combine that kind of thing with really brutal torture techniques. To, the idea to break the mind, break the will, um, and ultimately what they want to do is have you sign a repentance and let's say you'll stop practicing Falun Gong. Often then you then must do that to other people. The Washington posted a piece on this where they followed an individual who went through this process, a Falun Gong practitioner. He sort of concluded at the end, we human beings are the very worst animals on earth. So, I mean, he was just so demoralized. Our family remained separate, and in 2017, a year after my mother Aifa was released, we thought this was the family, the chance to reunite for my brother's wedding. However, she was denied a passport because she practiced Falun Gong. Our mother was sentenced to three years. So right now, your mother is in a Chinese prison. Yeah. How, why, and what is her situation? Uh, actually, I have no idea about her current condition, but I know my mom was arrested last year, July, and uh, the whole year my family couldn't uh, see her, and we don't have her any condition. And my father was actually 62 years old. He has lost almost all his teeth. He cannot eat vegetable. He cannot eat meat. He cannot eat basically every, every food. The only thing he can eat is the Chinese buns, and he dip the buns in the soup and eat the buns. That's the only thing he can eat. So I'm very concerned about his mental and physical health. He has been in the detention center for two years. So this is very outrageous and his health has uh, declined since been being in the detention center, yes, just to make that clear. Yes, he loses a lot of weight, yeah. This is just an example of what's going on in China. They're abusing their own people. This gentleman, he went back to take care of his father. He could have stayed here in the United States, but he wanted to take care of his father, his ailing father. Did the right thing, the moral thing. And this is the way he's penalized? by his country, his government? You know, what are these communists afraid of? What is the CCP so afraid of? That is the key question. 
What is it about Falun Gong that triggered the CCP? Why did the suppression begin in the first place? Ridiculous,那这种这种这种想法，反正大法在中国红传，那很多人就是道德通过修炼法轮大法之后呢，道德回升呐，然后呢，人心向善呐。其实应该说，对中国社会是一件好事。可是很奇怪的就是，中共害
until they had hundreds of thousands of Falun Gong practitioners as detainees. And then suddenly, just over a few years, they skyrocketed to become one of the leading destinations for organ transplant operation. And it raised the questions, it begged the question, where are these organs that are being transplanted coming from? According to Chinese Vice Minister of Health, the number of transplants performed each year went from several hundred in 1999 to well over 10,000 a year by 2008. And the China Daily newspaper reported that the actual number in 2006 was 20,000. And now it is widely recognized that China performs the second most amount of transplantations, only second to the United States. Even more troublesome is evidence that China seemed to have an overabundance of organs and that the medical tourism business was booming. They had hospitals inter uh, advertising all over the internet that they could guarantee patients organs within the time frame of weeks and they could even schedule them in advance. To put that in perspective, the United States waiting time for a kidney is over three years. We are confident that in just a few years, China will become the number one organ transplant country in the world. You can connect the dots, and it started to look very, very bad for the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Well, how come oh, I, oh. I, I, I rang up, I was, able, I was offered a liver very quickly but, but you, for hospital in China. You, How is that possible? I don't want to listen and answer, answer the question, somebody with some political agendas. I've heard directly from some of my constituents about this, and what's particularly unsettling is that this practice allegedly targets prisoners of conscience, including practitioners of Falun Gong. Family members would be presented with a box of ashes of their loved ones, you know, maybe weeks, months after they were taken away. You have testimony from doctors and other prisoners, guards, that this was happening. I believe that there is evidence of genocide here. I mean, it is, it's terrifying, right? I mean, these people are being disappeared for practicing something that they believe in. They're the right age and the right condition. They're disappearing to provide those organs to, to other wealthy people in China. Congress, you are a surgeon yourself who's conducted transplant. Yeah, this is really personal to me because I understand the transplant world itself. Basically, China is murdering, and I'll be very clear about that, murdering um, uh, prisoners of conscience, people who do not believe like the Chinese Communist Party. They're using humans as guinea pigs to supply organs either for their own domestic supply or to export them. This is an absolute horrific crime. This is a barbaric practice that would, would make a Middle Ages executioner blush. It shocks me in particular because I am aware that American medical institutions and hospitals are playing a role here. And I have seen lists of 344 organ transplant surgeons 
who were trained in this country from China, trained by our own medical schools and hospitals, or have been supported, these transplant centers have been supported by our transplant sector in some way, either with joint research or research money or other kind of foundational support. And that continues to this day. They're unspeakable. These things were unspeakable. Um, yet China is doing it. The Communist Party of China is doing it to their individual citizens with impunity. And, and we go and shake hands and, and work business deals. If, if that hand was being extended to you with the blood on it of someone that just took out somebody's organs, someone that was unwilling to give those organs up and lost their life because of their belief, would you be so willing to extend your hand in friendship or in business partnership or even in diplomatic partnership? In the world's most populous country, Crimes against humanity have been perpetrated against 100 million spiritual believers. The evidence? Overwhelming. But many have not even heard about it. How did we let it happen? Right in front of our eyes. All the while, we grew deeper and deeper into a relationship with communist China. Well, when I heard about it and started looking into it, I realized there was something there and it was so horrifying that we couldn't ignore it. We had to uh, delve deeper. And it was, you, you run into a brick wall because there's no transparency. You know, I was trying to enlist and others were trying to enlist um, American government, members of Congress, um, medical people, medical sector in trying to find out what was going on. And, and there was just, um, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of confidence that this was true. And it was difficult to explain because on the one hand, you had the Chinese Communist Party um, putting out just massive volumes of disinformation and propaganda, denouncing uh, Falun Gong, demonizing them. Falun Gong is strictly nonviolent. It has little to no formal organization, no system of membership, no churches or temples, and no fees to learn the practice. Yet under the CCP's smear campaign in China and abroad, it was portrayed as a dangerous cult, all to divert attention away from the CCP's human rights abuses and to influence public perception. They want silence. I mean, any of our government officials will tell you over the last 24 years, if you want to end a meeting with a Chinese official anywhere in the world, just mention Falun Gong, meeting's over. It's the third rail, it's the one thing they won't let you talk about. But it was more than just the cultural barriers blocking the truth. Behind the scenes, bigger changes were underway. At the turn of the century, at the peak of the persecution, the CCP all of a sudden put on a face, embracing capitalism. With impressive skylines emerging throughout China, enticing foreign investment, in deceiving the U.S. into accepting China into the global political and economic system. The United States will do everything possible to bring China into the World Trade Organization as soon as possible. The ministerial conference so agrees. It wasn't until decades after that we found out where that policy would eventually lead us. Zhang Zemin at the time seemed so moderate, seemed so friendly and jovial and wanted to open up markets and 
and uh, be vastly different from the, the Maoist period and from the Soviet period that we knew very well. So it was hard to believe, it was hard for others to believe when we started talking about it. But you know, you cite the year 2006. Our country was still in the position at that point where we were saying, well gosh, it's all about free trade and this is going to bring greater freedom to the Chinese people if we just work with them closely. And I was a part of that uh, scope for a while, saying we, we think as they grow more connected to the global economy, they'll lessen their persecution. Didn't happen. And now you got Xi Jinping, who is a full Maoist, and the persecution level is more intense, and it's more technologically sophisticated of the things that they can do now that they couldn't do back in the Mao era. You find this throughout U.S. history. Sometimes I know what's going on, but I really don't want to hear about it. And I don't want to look at it. That happened really early on about the slave debate. Nazi Germany, we knew what was going on with Jewish people and just kind of, look, I'm comfortable here. I really don't want to think about that. 50, 60, 70 years ago said never again. We, we never want to see this again. And yet much of the world is counting that it is accepting, it is refusing to acknowledge it for profits, for, for ease of relationships. Unacceptable. The CCP's efforts paid off. It bought nearly 30 years of public amnesia from the West. Why should your average citizen who this may on the surface not affect be concerned? Well, look, this is, uh, it depends what kind of universe you think we live in. If you think this is just the material universe and we're just here to rip off as much money as we can for as long as we can, well, you shouldn't really be concerned. But if you believe we're in a moral universe and there are moral consequences for immoral actions and we are collaborating with a regime that's on a path the Nazis and we are profiting by that and making our lives more comfortable by profiting through that regime and ignoring the mass slaughter, the mass sadistic cruelty that's been inflicted on millions of Chinese. We have no moral high ground when our children suffer the same fate. You need to know that what is being done in China to Chinese people of various stripes is certainly in prospect for us if the Chinese can get their hands on us. In fact, it's not an accident, think about it for a moment, it's not an accident that the Chinese are so set on collecting as much data about Americans, whether it's through TikTok or whether it's through you know, 23andMe or any other of the means that they have available to them. Health data, DNA data, and other personal information. Because this can help them target you. So this is not somebody else's problem. This is something, again, that we ignore at our extreme peril. The CCP's expansion of influence in America. How severe is it? Does it really concern us? Is this threat far-fetched an exaggeration? Or has the CCP already extended its abuses close to home? I think that um, 
the creep happens very, very quickly if you let it, and um, that's exactly what the Chinese are trying to do here. They're trying to creep because they want us to be more like them, not them to be more like us. The Chinese Communist Party is sending agents here, sending police here, establishing a police station in the heart of Manhattan. This May, the Justice Department announced that a CCP agent was caught trying to bribe an IRS agent, aiming to get the nonprofit status of a Falun Gong-affiliated organization removed. Well, they call it a Chinese service center. It's located in Omaha, Nebraska. It's odd to me that in the middle of the country, you know, we're talking about San Francisco, New York, you have to remember that in Omaha, we run the world's nuclear triad for the United States Armed Forces. That's the bombers, the ICBM missiles, and then the nuclear submarines. So we're a strategic headquarters for the United States Armed Forces, and to have one of these Chinese service centers in our backyard tells you how aggressive and omnipresent the Chinese want to be in every community in America. And it's startling. It should concern everybody in America that they're penetrating that far into the middle of our country. We had a Chinese balloon that flew over our country, transversed entire nation, many of our military installations, our missile bases, some of our secret missile bases. They're buying up property all around there. They're buying our farmland. Their Belt Road Initiative is locking down all rare earth minerals. We learned that there were spies who were posing as tourists trying to get onto one of our military bases, uh, Chinese spies. So this is happening in our backyard every single day. Chinese have been infiltrated in some communities down to the PTA level. I mean, that is how far and deep this goes can't have as any illusions or delusions of who the Communist Party of China is, who Xi is, and what we're facing. So if I could ask, uh, what does July 20th mean for you? Families are supposed to be together after the persecution started. We have not been able to um, stay the same roof, um, take a family photo, um, or be together for important uh, life uh, events like weddings or birthdays. This persecution have torn my family apart over and over again. Um, every year on that date, I am reminded of the suffering my family has uh, gone through over what is now almost 24 years. Um, every year, I think maybe next year it will be over. Um, I think about how many families there are like mine and about how much they have suffered also. And your dad right now is sitting in a labor camp. What has his incarceration put you through? And both, you know, psychologically, you, you must be very stressed out just thinking about him and how he's doing. Not to mention, you didn't even know where he was for a period of time. When I learned they sentenced my father to eight years in prison, it's just, it's overwhelming to me. It's like you just kind of give up. Uh, it's, you don't know what to do because they are so they are so strong. I'm in US. My father was in China, and this whole government with all the power and with 
all the money. I'm persecuting my father, and I'm 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 just nobody. It's my mom who put me together. She's a very strong woman. She always know what to do, even in the darkest time. So I think there's a reason my mom and I stay here and fighting for my father's freedom. Iraqis has written three letters to President Xi, and Senator Rubio has written two letters to the State Department. The second letter is co-signed by. Let's talk about that support that you've received from those um, elected officials in your state. I think a lot of times when people look at some of these these bills or initiatives, they sometimes think that it may be just a formality and doesn't really work. Does it work? And would you encourage them to do more? It definitely works. I will give you an example. So when my father was first arrested, we don't know the whereabouts of my father because the local police refused to tell me where my father is. They even refused my lawyer's right to meet my father. So my lawyer has to fly to my city twice, uh, hand out the material and still got denied. My congressman Bilirakis wrote the first letter on April, end of April 2021. So I called the prosecutor's office and told them, my congressman has written letter to President Xi, and this is our legal right to meet my father. And just one hour after this phone call, my lawyer received another call telling, the, telling him he can meet my father. That's the first time my lawyer can meet my father. And ever since then, my lawyer has no trouble meeting my father. So it just shows like how international support can make a difference. So many officials in China read the tea leaves about what's happening in that country and they're trying to get out. They're trying to get their kids' passports, they're trying to get their money out, and this is around the country. When we sanction those officials, word of that, that gets out all over China, and suddenly you get police chiefs, other security apparatus leaders scared that they're the ones that are going to be next sanctioned, that they're not going to be able to get their kids out. So that kind of thing works. It sends reverberations throughout China. The United States has to do everything possible to raise this issue to, to, to the consciousness of not only all America, but all of the world. It, it cannot be left to stand and there's no one else that can or will take the lead. We have to. And even though there have been some bills, we even passed one earlier this year, it falls way, way short. And, and we must do every single thing we can. We need to identify every single Chinese Communist Party official that is involved. And look, we can't reach into their country and take them and put them into prison. Goodness and the good Lord knows that we should. But short of that, what we must do is make sure that their life is a living hell for what they've done. And that's what my bill seeks to do. Your bill essentially makes them think twice if they were associated with organ harvesting, which many have, if they come into the United States. Absolutely, because we're going to do something about it. So even if you just drove the person to the clinic, if you had anything to do with it, don't come to America because we're going to get you.
What most people don't know about Falun Gong in China is for the last 15 years is the largest civil disobedience movement in the world. That is tens of millions of Falun Gong people every day are creating an underground media, leaflets, pamphlets about the persecution they face, about the terrible history of the CCP, and usually undercover at night, they're leaving it on doorsteps. And this has happened all over China. Big cities, small villages, and everything in between. And so there is a tremendous groundswell in China to let the people know what the true history of the regime is, what's really happening to Falun Gong, and that's creating a lot of awareness. And I think ultimately that is going to win the day in China. And if it wins the day in China, it could be a tremendous difference for the world. Imagine not having the tyranny of the CCP looming over the world on the international stage. Business and labor have to get together and say, hey, this is wrong. Let's shut this stuff down. And the way we shut it down is we gotta quit sending them our dollars for cheap products. Look, we got to use the moral power of our vote, the moral power of our money, and the moral power of making a stand. If we can do that and we can destroy the CCP through moral methods, we may never have to fight them physically. Our boys, if we can stand up morally, our boys will not have to die fighting them in the battle. What would your message be to the American people? What do you want them to know? Cherish the freedom you have. Two years ago, my congressman, Billy Rockies, he gave lecture at uh, USF, University of South Florida. So at one lecture, he actually invited me to that lecture to tell my story to American students. So based on my experience, I think many young generation from US, they do not understand what's going on with the communism. They do not understand the value of freedom. Freedom is a human right. Everyone in the US, they are born with. But freedom can be a privilege in other countries, in other regions. And I think every American should realize that, should cherish their freedom and fight for their freedom. Because at some point, someone will come to your home and take the freedom away from you and you have to be prepared for that. What would you say to the millions of Falun Gong practitioners around the world and the ones that are being persecuted? We hear you. We know what the Chinese Communist Party is doing. Stay strong. They're resilient people. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, don't give up your, your principles. And the help is on the way. I hope you will keep the faith because we in America will always stand for those that believe in religious freedom. But more importantly, that's simply a human right. And it's recognized by most people around the world and I hope that they will keep
faith that someday they will be able to be free people out from the yoke of communism. Our message, my message to them is, is to uh, stay hopeful, keep believing, keep practicing, know that help is on the way, know that you're not alone, know that all things worth achieving, worth saving, require sacrifices. And, and if your sacrifice is that silent suffering while you do your work, then that, that's part of it. And, and uh, look, this is the, the road less traveled, which means that not everybody's on it, but, um, but you're on it. And there are people that are on it with you, even from afar. We hear your cries, we hear your pleas, and we're gonna do everything. I'm going to do everything I can in my power. I'm not in charge in China. Uh, but I have something to say in America, and I'm going to let it, as many people know so that they're aware of it. And, um, and it's hard to be patient, but uh, those who are patient are the ones who almost always succeed. It's the perseverance that is usually victorious. So we will get there. Maybe not today, but we will get there. So hang in there and, uh, and stand strong and stand for what you believe in because there are many people that, around the world that believe in you.